Hello and welcome to Say When, a geeky podcast. It's the 23rd of July, 2018, and this is episode 12. Star Wars, episode 9, random speculation and wild theories. I'm Sally. And I'm Melissa. And we have, once again... Frankie, how's it going, guys? <laughs> I think we may have actually convinced him to become a regular on the show. We're we fingers crossed yeah. that he's yeah. going to be joining us more regularly, and super excited about that. But I'm what he sorry. doesn't realize is that means I don't have to be polite because he's no longer a guest. <laughs> nice, I like it. That was polite before was polite. Yeah. You've known me since I was 12. You know that was me being polite. Uh, I do know that was being polite. That's good. Good. Gloves are off. Bring it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to work out the logistics of that for y'all. And uh, I think we're just going to plunge into news and notables. Um, First of all, I think this this is kind of a random thing. I came across my news feed today. Um, James Gunn was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and he has been fired outright by Disney. And, you know, we were talking about this off mic, but um, apparently the fan favorite to replace him is, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, and y'all just forgive me, Taika Waititi, and I think everyone is familiar with him from... um, Thor Ragnarok. So let's discuss. Uh, I was a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. I, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. And so, you know, kind of goes, he, he seems like a natural fit. Same progression. If, if that's who they go with, I have no problems with that. Yeah. It's, uh, Thor Ragnarok has that same kind of sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see where he would be a natural fit for the role. That said, who knows what Disney's going to do, right? Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. Um, I think it's interesting that they fired him outright. Like, Yeah, uh, that's apparently. curious. Yeah, and and yeah. I guess the tweets are out there because apparently he made, as I, th- I think I said, he made some questionable tweets um some years ago so i'm just i'm kind of curious how that's going to play out um and uh yeah so that's it that's news in the marvel that is universe news. yeah yeah what do you guys yeah other news on and that what did you guys because comcast dropped their bid to buy fox oh did it Yes, it mm. is. So that clears the way for Disney to take over and get the whole Marvel universe under one house. Oh wow! Oh wow! So I think that's uh, that's like I said, you know, I think in our last last time I said I'd love to see some kind of way where they do some kind of amount where they see them all come out together. Right. Yeah. The you door know, is open. Yeah, the door is open. How much R-rated stuff has Disney done? Do you know? Uh. How much did they do? I don't. I don't know. I, I'd say. Did, I mean, they're going to make their money, right? They're, yeah, like, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is, I'm wondering how many times they've actually made R-rated films because, you know, Disney is you know the Mouse House and all that stuff, 
And I'm just kind of curious, like, what would happen to Deadpool, say, or the Logan-esque kind of movies under a Disney umbrella? Or would they, do you think, perhaps take over it and then leave it under kind of a separate umbrella, like Lucasfilm is Disney, but it's a separate umbrella? I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, probably. I would think so. Like like Pixar kind of things like that. Just call it something. Right. Call it something else. Yeah. Because I don't think they'd want to, like, tarnish the Disney name. Yeah, I don't see that happening. If Disney buys all of 20th Century Fox movies, Mm -hmm. because if that's the case, they'll just leave it under 20th Century Fox. Well, I mean, sure, okay, then that's fine. I mean, that could be the thing. I was just wondering if that would be what they would do. You know, when you see ESPN, you know, it doesn't always say, like, ESPN, a Disney company. You know, ABC, a Disney company. Right. So you're you're just kind of thinking if they bought 20th Century Fox, the movie production company or whatever yeah. it technically is, they'd just leave it as 20th Century Fox, and that and that would or actually already filmed and, yeah that would yeah, leave that open. Filmed. Yeah, I was just wondering at how much Disney had actually done with films that were rated above PG-13. That's all, and I just can't come up with anything off the top of my head very much anyway. So I don't think they'd want to tarnish the brand if it's a tarnish at all. I don't know. Yeah. Is it a time? Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron should have been rated R. Which I still one? can't watch that movie. What? Black Cauldron. Cauldron. I didn't... So... Oh my goodness. As a child, I was terrified. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Not in her head. You guys can't see most of my yeah, That movie's really creepy. That movie's scary. Have y'all noticed that the bar for an R rated film is a lot higher than it used to be? Like, oh, yeah. like, okay, today, if, for instance, Top Gun came out, it was rated PG back in the mid-80s. And yeah. and so it would easily hit that PG-13 bar, right, with all the, with all the cursing and all that stuff in that movie and all the violence in that movie. But it was like, and, and they're, like, today, if you drop the F-bomb, your movie's going at least PG-13 and probably rated R, you know? and But there are movies like Adventures in Babysitting where, like, the seminal line in that entire film is, don't F with the babysitter. And it was PG. Yeah. Like, today, that would yeah. make it at least PG-13. Right? Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of interesting that they've dropped, or that they've raised that R bar so high to me. It's it's funny because like it seems like you can have more violence. Yeah, the the R bar is like the violence you can square with some violence different. Like there's a movie called Gotcha that had uh, old goose. What's his name? Green is his name Green. I'm not sure. You know, you know I'm talking to the doctor on ER and all that. With the oh yeah, yeah, Goose, Goose. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Goose. Yeah, yeah. So he was in a movie called Gotcha back in the day. It was about a paintball thing, and it showed brief nudity, like. Topless, mm-hmm. and it was PG. And now, oh that yeah, that, that's your R rating. All, yeah. it, at least yeah. PG thirteen, maybe R. All at day least, long. yeah, yeah. So it's just one of the things. Just like wow, we. It's bizarre. Yeah, because we're so desensitized to nudity and that sort of thing. Now it's kind of odd that it would. The bar has been raised now. Well, compared I think, to then. I think, though, in the quest to become more specific, like that PG-13 rating, yeah. a lot of those things, like, you had to really hit, like, remember Basic Instinct? 
that hit the R bar hard, right? Hard, yeah. But, but that was kind of like when PG-13 was kind of new. And I don't remember exactly how old we were when PG-13 came out. But I, I, I know that this? it wasn't around in the mid-80s. Poltergeist, so. PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, my god. The original Poltergeist. Yeah, Have they re-rated that? Or it was just PG? It was, it was, I think it was PG-13. I think it was when the first PG-13 movies had come out. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh. exactly. Exactly. I, you know, a tree trying to eat somebody, that's, just, that's terrifying. Yeah, that is. That is. Oh, well, it is what it is, <laughs> I guess. That's my tangent. A nice Sorry. But we digress. <laughs> We're just showing our age. Don't mind us. Okay, so <laughs> I think we have all had a chance to see Ant Man and the Wasp. So yeah, let's hear the uh, let's hear the thoughts, Melissa. What you got? Well, honestly, I did not want to see this movie. I really only went to see it because I knew that it would be a talking point in this podcast, and I wanted to be able to talk about it. Um, so I went in thinking it was going to suck. And I really enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I was kind of shocked that yeah. it was actually really well done. There were a lot of laughs in the theater, um, a lot of good comedy. Uh, the plot was a little confusing to me, but I don't know the story behind. I don't know any. I didn't read any of the Ant Man comics or anything, so I don't. I don't know a lot about Ant Man. But it was it was a really good movie. It was well done. Frankie. It's, it's it's a summer summer action you know it's fun it's a summer comic action movie it was a lot of fun uh, you know if I just I enjoyed it the thing I loved the most was the the end scene when you know you know the post credit script scene when he's you know maybe we wanted I don't know if we want to do spoilers did we want to okay, do spoilers yeah but that was my that was my favorite well we that should probably if we're going to do spoilers we should probably warn people that we're going to do spoilers before so like well he hasn't you, spoiled anything yet so yeah, yeah. i'll say this right i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was great a lot of you know it's you know it's, it's july it's a great it's a great july movie yeah mm. it was fun yeah mm. yeah yeah great july movie so mm. okay Blaine. Hmm. okay um you, i was what are your thoughts i was bored <laughs> Really? Yeah. That that is not what I, I expected bored. to hear from you. I really like, that was how I expected to feel by the movie and didn't. So I'm really surprised that I was we we're on the opposite ends on that. That's funny. I was bored. <laughs> I, uh, I I have been looking forward to seeing it, obviously, and I had students uh, talk to me and kind of speculate how this movie was going to interact with Infinity War and all that stuff, and that's fine. And I went in really excited because I really wanted to see this movie. And about an hour in, I was like, good Lord, is this thing ever going to be over? And I just kind of waited for it to be over. And so just out of curiosity, um, I went to see, you know, box office totals and whatnot. And by the way, there were a lot of laughs in the theater. To me, it just felt forced. Like the jokes felt forced i don't know they were cheesy they and were totally I, cheesy i laughed like <laughs> you know <laughs> hold on yeah that was kind of funny <laughs> yeah and you know i want to know what it is that paul rudd eats and drinks to stay eternally young right oh that's gosh. important information i feel like he should share the fountain of youth with the rest of us 
but I just, um, I just really didn't care what happened, um, at that point. Did you like and the first one? I liked the first one. I, d- I did. I liked the first one. I think I liked the first one better than I did the second one. And the, f- neither of these movies make my top five, ten ish Marvel films. Um, yeah, that. That's yeah, yeah. What it is. Oh, I agree with hey, that. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I just, but I didn't. I, I, it, it was fine. It was fine. I didn't love it, and I don't even know that I'll buy the DVD. So, and I, yeah, well, I, I definitely won't be buying the DVD. Yeah, yeah. All so, I'm saying is, I I went in there expecting to hate it, honestly, and I didn't hate it, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, so I, in the vein of a true Star Wars fan, I'm going to say that Kevin Feige should be fired because, you know, he made a not great movie, you know, the executive producer of, of all the Marvel films. He's made some bad movies. They should fire him. Well, I mean, that's what Star Wars fans are saying about Kathleen Kennedy. I'm being sarcastic. Uh I'm being really sarcastic. But I mean, you made a bad movie because you know they make a movie that the entire fandom is, or whatever, and it's just like people are calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head, and I'm like, y'all need to sit down. And so I'm just saying, if you don't like that, then why does Kevin Feige still have a job? I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but close. Just because I'm going to harken back to the last one because the Marvel movies are fun. Right, you said yeah. you've watched those for entertainment. I did, but like you say, when you, like and I said, you know, when we talked about the the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. you go in like you know, like a scientist, right? You're like you just like you absorb in everything you can, mm-hmm. and I think that's 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 a different different approach. Like you know, it's, you okay, know, one is one one grips your heart a completely different way. When you're when you're going for chuckles. But you're not going to a Star Wars movie for tough. Whoa, 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 But there are plenty of people that do. There are... We are not normal Star Wars okay, okay, Melissa's okay, a way okay. closer to a normal Star Wars fan than you and I. You and I are freaky Star Wars fans. I Melissa agree. is way more normal than we are. And I think she goes to see... Wait, <laughs> Melissa, am I wrong? Or are you crazy? You think I go to see Star Wars for Chuckles? Well, I think I don't. I think you go to see Star Wars to be entertained. I don't think you go in it to analyze it the way I do you, or Frankie does. What? Well, whose yeah, idea so. was it for the podcast for analyzing? Okay, like, Melissa used to be a normal Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> She's not anymore. <laughs> like a moth drawn to the flame. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah I think Ant Man kind of appeals to the younger crowd and I think you know each one of these movies has its own audience and just because the adults aren't super impressed by it doesn't mean that there isn't an audience for it so Mm. you don't say yeah you're saying every Marvel film isn't made for every fan exactly oh my god you were trying to get at but um shut the front door (laughs) and that's okay I, I will say this I think Marvel the Marvel Adventure series has done a much better job of pulling in the younger fans. 
than the Star Wars. Like, like, and I'm saying like, my, like our kids' age, like the younger ones, like, because my kids, like, like, and I'll say the neighborhood, they're playing Black Panther, they're playing all that stuff. There's nobody running around as Han Solo. Okay, so what you're saying is my girls are abnormal. Yes. That's what I would agree yeah. to. <laughs> yes, I would say Your that. girls yeah, I would are say your that. girls, and that's why... Well, his sons are his sons. I agree, and my sons are exposed to way more Star Wars stuff than they are exposed to the Marvel Like, Because, like, I live in... Like, you know, it's my coffee mugs, it's on my shirts, it, you know, it's... It's, I, I have a, you know, my trailer hitch has a Rebel Alliance cover, right? They know me. So, but what do they ask for when they, we walk into, you know, go your birthday shopping? Like, oh, I want Black Panther calls, which are right beside lightsabers. And I'm like, sure thing. Here's some Black Panther calls. Punk. <laughs> they have minds of their own. That's well, great. Well, <laughs> I would argue that my daughters have minds of their own as well. And we walked by a Chewbacca doll today, and the youngest said, Chewie! Grabbed it and carried it around with her for 15 minutes. And I had to be like, honey, you've got four other Chewbacca dolls. We're going to have to leave that here. Yeah. yeah. And then the, then the middle one said, where's the Ray comforter? I want a Ray comforter. So. Oh I, like I said, I mean, just from my perspective, and the you know kids that my kids are running around in the neighborhood, even then you know even not buying Nerf gun blasters that are you know stormtrooper blaster you know the Nerf guns they're all mm. stormtrooper blasters. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nobody's like I said, nobody's on solo. Nobody's. It's all have, about who you identify with as a yeah. kid. And they're not. And it's you know I'm a little sad on the inside. And it's different <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, they are much more locked in. I suppose it's normal that my youngest identifies most closely with Chewbacca. (laughs) Yeah, she's so freaking adorable. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's a hot mess. She got brand new tap shoes last last Monday. Guess what we could not find today? We could not find her left tap shoe. I guess Experiment 626 showed up. I don't know. We could find the ribbon that goes on the tap shoe because it's tied around the neck of her doll. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Because I just bought those tap shoes. (laughs) So, anyway, it's time to clean the room again. She's not happy. Oh, well. Okay, I'm sorry. I digress again. All right, moving along. Um, So, you think then that um, Marvel's doing a better job with the kids? Fair enough. Your anecdotal evidence suggests that. I'm not sure if I completely agree with you um, because mine suggests otherwise, but I guess somebody's got really good, um, really good research on that somewhere that I'm not. I'm saying we could, you could do, you could probably do merchandising. Who's selling more merchandise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have way cooler costumes. I mean, I love Star Wars, but their costumes are just not like, they're like cheesecloth and bracelets. It's. You know? Hmm. So you think it's the you think it's the costuming for kids? kids yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the elves. Yeah. Huh. Like claws. Come on. Okay. Claws are really cool. If you yeah. say so. 
if you say so. All right, so as I think everyone knows, um, San Diego Comic-Con was this past weekend, and mm-hmm. there was uh, quite a bit of Star Wars news actually announced at Comic-Con. First of all, there is going to be a limited run of new Clone Wars, and folks are very excited about that. Um, so I think it's going to be a 12-episode season, and I think Clone Wars was canceled sort of not ignominiously, but sort of suddenly. And I think maybe this is going to help give some of the Clone Wars fans some closure on on their characters. And for those of you who may not be aware, Clone Wars is set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So I think, I mean, I pretty universally I've heard some, some excitement around that news. Are y'all going to watch it at all interested in that? It's going to be on Disney XD. Um, um, possibly, if I have nothing possibly. else I gotta to think, do. I gotta, that's one of those things, like, I think they're bringing it, but I think they're doing it for a reason. I do, too. Does that make I do, too. I think there's going to be nuggets in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do, too. I think there's going to be nuggets in it, so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, like I said, one more streaming thing. Well, Pablo Hidalgo who I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, someone tweeted to him, and this has been a while back, about um, canon something. And he made the point that the Clone Wars actually tells us a whole lot more about George Lucas's vision for the galaxy far, far away than any of the Star Wars films do. Because you're talking about six seasons worth of material as opposed to six feature films Mm -hmm. and i found that very interesting and there's some stuff kind of coming out that makes me think that oh and i heard this too the other day from pablo hidalgo i was watching or i was listening to a podcast oh boy oh boy they called him the star wars pontificate i'm gonna have to look it up but they said, um, Pablo Hidalgo said that Disney gets a lot of heat for ditching the expanded universe, right? For for all the the fiction that came after with the Mar Jade and all of that stuff. And they, he said, in actuality, that decision had already been made before the acquisition by Disney. That that was the way that Lucas was going to do it because he was already thinking about an episode seven and he needed to ditch that not quite canon of all the expanded universe books, which I thought was very, very interesting. So anyway, um, but I do think it's worthwhile to note that, you know, Lucas, Lucas had thought about an episode seven and, um, you know, Clone Wars obviously is very important to Lucas as a producer and then the other bit of news that caught my attention was that there's going to be a Padme book in 2019. Oh, I saw oh. that. Yes. And I am very excited about this because it's it's uh, sort of Padme's journey from young queen to senator for Naboo. And if you're not aware, I'm, I'm sure Frankie and Melissa know this, but if you're not aware, Naboo had an elected queen and it was... Uh, she was always young, 14, 15 years old. And I think that was in the law because you would want a young queen who was still very idealistic. And then she was constitutionally limited from continuing on past a certain term. 
so um, Padme was a very popular queen, and they made her their senator following um, her terms as queen, and, and apparently they would have kept her on if they could, but they couldn't. So this book is about sort of her life and her becoming a woman um, between being a queen and a senator, which I thought was very exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing Padme grow up a little bit. So Yeah. It's interesting. Becoming the woman that she is that we meet in, in Attack of the Clones. So yeah. yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, I will definitely be reading it. And I can't help but wonder, and, and Frankie, you touched on this, um, there was a lot of prequel love at, at San Diego Comic-Con this year, and I can't help but wonder if they're not trying to tell us something about what's coming up in episode nine. So, yeah. So, and I know there are a lot of folks out there who do not like the prequels and most of them are, you know, Gen Xers and slightly older than Gen Xers who, who just, it was tough on them. But, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I, I didn't love the execution of those movies, but, but I do like, in retrospect, without having to rewatch them all, uh, the canon that's presented by them. So, if that makes sense. Like, I, I enjoy knowing Vader's story. I, I even enjoy getting sort of the backstory, like, who the Emperor is. Because if you remember, when we first saw the original trilogy, we don't know who the Emperor is. He's just the Emperor, right? So, mm -hmm. we don't have a backstory for him until we get, of course, the prequels. So... Anyway, I'm excited, and, I, and I'm interested to see maybe if or how they may uh, drop some hints as to where this is going to go, you know? And um, I think that brings us neatly on to the meat and potatoes, which is our wild speculation for uh, episode nine, right? Right. Are we our ready theory. for this? Are we ready I for this? I think so. Okay. I think yeah. so. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, should we start with uh, Carrie Fisher? And, like, what, how are they going to explain her absence? Um, Frankie, you have been reading the Poe comic, right? The Poe comics? Right. Have they yeah. given any kind of ideas about Princess Leia? I've read somewhere that one of the comics said something about her fading or she was feeling like she was fading or something like that. If she I make that tired, up. She yeah. So no, she, she, um, I don't know if they said fading. I can't remember because I, I read it. I was reading the, you know, I think you actually mentioned that they, you know, had a, a, a you know, nugget in and I ran, grabbed the comic and I read the next two. Um, and I'll keep reading that Poe comic just to see if it keeps feeding me stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she, so it's, you know, they're all on the Falcon still. Mm -hmm. And she just basically says she's tired and she goes to rest, and that's and that's kind of the last time you see her. She's going, she's going to rest, and uh, you know, Poe catches up then with some things, and then you see Ray and three mm -hmm. PO, you know, reading the old text, kind of mm -hmm. things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm guessing they're going to do. I'm, you know, not guessing. I'm, I'm hope, you know, I. So I'll just put it out there. I think there's going to be a time jump. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, between the Poe comics, a variety of books, some kind of combination, or maybe this, there's gonna, they're going to fill in the gap of what happened to Carrie Fisher mm -hmm. and before the next movie. So we'll, like, the fans 
will know mm-hmm. what happened to Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher. Okay. Um, so, who do we think is going to take up the mantle of well, hold on, hold on. resistance? Hang on for a second. I So, Frankie, you honestly think that Leia is done by episode nine? Or, I just, I'm trying to clarify a little bit. Okay, I mean, they could, the opening scene could be a funeral or something mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, I just, you know, I don't, you know, Lucasfilm, Disney, what, they said they're not going to CG her, right? They're not going to CG and her, but they did not say that they would not recast her. And, and I can't. That you know, would be awful. That okay, okay. Huge okay. mistake. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that I want her recast. I am just throwing this out there as a... If they wanted and, and to keep her wrong. around, they could. And that's what that Karen, what Karen Knightley or whatever, didn't they just cast her for um for the next movie? They cast Carrie Russell. Yeah, I mean Carrie Russell, not Knightley. Yeah, but they're she's all, not. All. They would not. That that's not Leia. No, 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 no. I think no, no. I'm just saying they cast her for something. So yeah, is she going to be a flashback Leia? Maybe. They wanted, I think when they were advertising for an actress, it was like an actress in her 40s. So it would have to be a flashback if if she was to be Princess Leia. I just don't quite, I don't don't know. I I don't see her. I I think, I'll say this. I will say, you you know, you know, you made made your sarcastic work about the Marvel thing. I think to Hans, because, you know, Money talks, and Solo not making as much money as it costs to make. Oh no 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 no! Solo, I, think, I did the research. Solo cost about two hundred sixty thousand, two hundred sixty million to make. It brought in at the box office almost four hundred thousand. I want to say it was over three hundred seventy-five million. Worldwide. So yeah, so Han Solo is not going to cost Disney money. It's not. No, it won't cost Disney. But I'll say this: I think the way the between the way the fans acted between the Last Jedi and the way they didn't show up for so because they were expecting Solo to do a lot better, I regardless think, even if it made money. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it 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 did not do as well as it should have. I'm not arguing that at all. I think I they're th- not going. I I don't think they'll piss off the fans because like like the visceral reaction people have. They recast Carrie Fisher as somebody else's way. I. I would, I, that'd be hard for me to swallow that. I would not like it one bit at all. But if they were going to recast her, I think the only feasible option would be Kate Mulgrew. I don't know who that is. Orange is the New Black. I don't watch that, um, but I know what it is. She was like the chef, the cook. The head, the head cook, and she kind of looks a little bit like Carrie Fisher to me. And she's in that same age range. Um, Google her, Carrie Mulgrew. I think she could probably be a decent replacement, but I really just don't think they should replace her. No. Okay. Well, what about the idea that they basically just have her in an office somewhere and keep her alive for other things? Yeah, there's theories that she's off, like, training new. I mean, the reason we didn't see Snap Wexley was because Snap was off for resistance training or resistance missions during yeah. The Last Jedi. Could conceivably they take her out of the picture entirely and have her being a diplomat somewhere? I mean, they're bringing back Lando Calrissian. 
I mean, Billy D is going to be in this, which is exciting. By Billy the way. D is going to be. I, so my like, you know, we're you know started initially talking about this. I think this movie closes out the originals. This mm-hmm. is the end of the original. This is the end of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. You know, Hansel is already gone. I think Chewbacca goes home. I think this closes that out, and then it, opening the door. Right. It's just this ends that chapter. This ends. This, that this makes me feel sad. <laughs> so yeah. you're killing off the this, Skywalkers. I think not. I think nine. Not not necessarily killing off the like they just like the storyline goes is no longer the Skywalkers, the Chewbacca's, the. You know, any of that. I think this is going to be, they're going to start a new, like, this is going to be, like, 10 will be it, you know, it won't be a 10. It will be a, a brand new one that had, you know, it might be Ray and it and maybe still Kylo, but I don't see Kylo mm-hmm. making it out of nine. I do. But that said, um, how's this? I, I said, I'll say this. I don't see Kylo making it out of nine. Okay. No, Kylo's not been solo well. Right. Okay. So that, yeah. So I want to be uh, clear about that. Yeah. Um, but no, Ben Solo. But I see this. I see nine is bringing an end to the original trilogy. I don't disagree with I that think, at all. I just I think. Okay. That, okay. Do you? What about the droids? Do the droids make it, or are C three P and R two D two gone too? Ooh, oh, 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 right. Yeah, I, I think I think no. I think so. <laughs> I, think so. I think if I think if you're really trying to close out, I think I think yeah, but that having been said, that having been said conceivably because you know with TFA Force Awakens, um BB-8 was supposed to be raised droid. But because they decided they wanted Oscar Isaacs, and Oscar Isaacs was like, I don't want to be in a movie that I die immediately. And so J.J. sort of shoehorns him in. And then he becomes this huge thing in The Last Jedi. Um, I... Ray needs a droid. R2-D2 would do. So, yeah. There is that. That and... Um, so, does, so does Ben. Dang, he needs a droid, too. So, yeah. I, That'd I don't be know. kind of funny because that would be the ultimate Vader thing, right? If he got if he got three PO. Well, you know, I mean, y'all know what I think about this whole arc, but anyway. Um, so, Melissa, do you think there's going to be a time? I I personally think that they could utilize this time jump, at least in theory, to sort of tie up loose ends with Carrie Fisher's character, um, because this was sort of supposed to be her movie in terms, because you know Harrison Ford's movie was The Force Awakens, and then this, and then Last Jedi was Luke's, and then this was going to be hers, and it didn't work out that way. So, are they going to utilize I, that? To, I think they could get away with like a year time jump and still make sense of it all. You think only a year? Yeah. Hmm. Frankie, what's your bet for a time jump? I think five, at least. I think five years. I think she. I think she has you know five years to digest the books and train herself, and maybe even start you know training some of those kids that were like at the end of the the Last Jedi. You know because she's got to still fight the uh, the knights uh, the, the knights of Ren. Wow. 
They're they're out there. How do you know? How do you know? Are you they're sure? Are you sure that because they were in, they were they were referenced? They were referenced, right? Not necessarily. They, 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 he escaped with half my students. Okay, but they are not necessarily the Knights of Ren. No one ever said they are the Knights of Ren. And and Ryan opened that door, but it was never explicitly stated that they were the Knights of Ren. And I'm not saying they're not, by the way. I I thought that they were the Knights of Ren. But what if, what if, in becoming Kylo Ren, the master of the Knights of Ren, Snoke had been kill all of them? It's possible. I mean, I just, I mean, it's really sad, but it is possible. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there. You know, what if, what if they're gone? They've died in Snoke's service. It wasn't even necessarily Kylo Ren. Oh, and, and they went back to the original three. There can only be two, uh, 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 like, no, you know, one fifth. And- no, I think, okay, I think what we're looking at with this particular trilogy, the first trilogy, Dark Winds, the second trilogy, like the original trilogy, right, because they came out of order, the Light Winds, and I've said this way back on my podcast, the third, or not my, my um blog, Third one is about balance between the two. And and we got to see what balance looks like in The Last Jedi. And we saw how difficult it is to maintain. And to me, Nine is going to be about giving us that balance. Because um, we've seen Rey and Kylo fight each other. And then they fought together. And then it's fallen apart, and, and I just kind of don't see that happening again. The falling apart thing. But, um, yeah, I just... So how do you see the relationship? Jump? Do you think there's a time, a time jump? What, my, my estimation of a time jump, I would say... I'm going to split the difference and say about three years. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm not married to that. Like, I don't, I don't really have strong thoughts on it, you know. Um, I, I, and personally, I don't love the idea of a long time jump because that means that Ben might have done some more really difficult to forgive things. <laughs> and I don't want to see him do those things, you know. So, because I am hashtag save Ben Solo, you know, save Ben so Solo. I say a year, Frankie says five, you say three. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm actually hoping for like six months. You know, I'm like, six months, please, you know. And, or, oh. or, you know. I, so what I are the stakes? <laughs> well, I've Who's already got. who drinks. I've already, I've already. <laughs> dude, that's not fair. I'm really cheap to drink now. I just need water, thanks. Um, <laughs> seriously. Buy me a bottle of Mio. Okay, so I've already got a bet with Keller and Ashley on dinner. I think they're going to have to buy me dinner, but. Okay, we'll do dinner. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I'm in for dinner. Something. Yeah, but we're we're gonna have to have like a we're gonna have to like okay, okay, Google okay, Maps so it's, thing. So. so five, one, three, uh-huh. and then it's what are they doing with Leia? I say Leia's dead. Like it might be a funeral scene, but she's dead to start the next one. Melissa, I think she's off training. New. Fresh meat. <laughs> this is painful. Sally? This is painful. I think she's dead. Um, 
I think in the end, that's the cleanest thing to do. I don't think it's fair for her character, but I think it's the cleanest way to deal with it. So, yeah. and I think that might be the I easiest. Think- like, I, you know what I could see? I could see it opening up with a space battle, right? And her funeral, they're trying to get her funeral going kind of thing. And I could see that. And that being a trigger for Ben Solo. And um, let's be honest. Let's be honest. He is going to be, he's going to be under attack from all sides. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that's, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Hux is going to try to take I just over. don't see them opening up with killing her. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a progression. Interesting. So you think they're going to have her die, like, off camera and... Yeah, like, maybe they'll make mention of her and what she's doing. And then a report comes in that she's been killed. I like like where you're going, because you're right. Because that could be the trigger between Hux and Ben, right? Mm -hmm. Hux kills Leia. Uh, That's a fan fiction I've already written, so... You know, obviously, I mean, I could see, I mean, I could see that happening where Hux ordered her assassination and got away with it. And Ben is finding out about it and that just sets him free because I'm not convinced at all that Hux knows that Leia Organa is Ben Solo's mother. And I don't necessarily think Poe Dameron knows that Kylo Ren is Princess Leia's son. Because Finn knows, but we don't know that Finn has said squat about it. There's no canonical proof of that. When when Poe is looking through those binoculars on Crate, he said, it's Kylo Ren. He didn't say... It's been solo. He said it's Kylo Ren. And then when they're having that discussion, they being Leia and Luke, it's not like there are a bunch of people clustered around them listening to every word. That's a very private conversation between the twins. So I don't know that anyone really knows. And I think one of the plot points of Nine is going to be Poe absolutely losing his mind when he realizes that Ray. And Kylo Ren, talk mind to mind. He's going to lose his crap. And can you even imagine what Hux would do with that information? So, yeah. Just throwing that out there. I, I, I mean, it seems like an obvious thing to do. So, yeah. Okay, so... Um, who will lead the resistance? Melissa, you tried to get us to answer that question and then I interrupted you to talk about Leia more. Sorry. Um, I think the obvious choice, unfortunately, oh, that's going to get me some hate, is probably Poe. Um, they did set that up, however, unintentionally, when in that mine on Crate, he says, you know, follow the crystal critters, and Leia's like, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. She de facto gave him leadership of the resistance, as pitiful as it is. And Ray is not a politician. She's not. Right. Well, I think, and I'll I'll agree. I think that might even end up where Ray ends up with BB-8, because I think, because, you know, um, Holder says she doesn't need a fly, the last thing she needs is a hothead flyboy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Poe's a hothead flyboy so much anymore. 
No, and that's, that was it. That, remember the battle scene when he's on there and he said everybody break off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, Before, and at the beginning of the movie, he's like, he, he wipes out his entire bombing squadron. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, he's a completely different person. I can, that's why I agree with you. So there might be a scene where Poe, you know, kneels down in front of BB-8. I love you, buddy, but she needs you more right now than me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to throw this out there. Let's think about this for a second. Let's say for just a minute that Poe had followed orders, the bombing squadron hadn't gotten destroyed, and they jumped to light speed. The same thing would have happened, right? <clears throat> the same thing would have happened. Well, okay, the, one of the things I... Because they would have jumped to light it, speed, the fleet would have followed them, and then they would have just had a dreadnought when they got to Crate. Right. And so, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not I sure that... they figured out the lead, ship is, the lead ship is the only one that can track, right? Which might have been Snoke ship, yeah. Yeah, Snoke ship is the only tracking, you know, um, mm-hmm. Akbar ship. Mm-hmm. The other ship should have immediately jumped to light speed in a scatter pattern. Mm-hmm. There's only one mm-hmm. ship tracking one ship. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that that... Okay, first of all, to be fair, Holdo didn't know that. But why? Because because Poe and Rose and, and uh, what's uh, Finn did not tell him or her. But but that was not common knowledge. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. That wasn't common knowledge. And that was yet another thing that Poe kept from her. And I'm not defending Poe's decision-making and the last Jedi at all, except right at the end. And right. I, I, but I'm just saying that if, if that had, even if he hadn't destroyed the entire bombing squadron, the only thing that changes is that when the first order caught up with them, they would have had Snoke's ship and the dreadnought and all the star destroyers. That's the only thing that changes. Realistically speaking. Correct? Yeah. And what could they have done then? Then jump to light speed again, then run out of gas, and then, then they would have just been screwed. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that in the end what Poe did really changed much of anything with regards to the fate of the Resistance. That's all. Yeah, we knew this. I mean, we knew the middle. The middle movie has to be the dark one, right? It's got to be where everybody gets get, just everybody gets has to get their tail hanging yeah. to them. All the good guys do so. Yeah, because you have to have somewhere to go. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to go up, right? If you just end yeah. it on a high note, then you're where are you going to go? It's kind of bleh. um. So yeah, um. So I think that Poe, I think, will be the leader of the resistance. Frankie, you're kind of in that same boat. Melissa, what are you thinking? Is there a better option? I mean, I know you don't like Poe as the leader, but is there anyone else that springs to mind? Ray. I. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't like Poe. I mean, I know they set him up for it. You're right. I mean, I agree with what you said, but I just. I just don't think he has, or at least what we've seen so far, he doesn't really have what it takes. But yeah, um, and I don't know who else to say. I really don't know. Ray is like my second guess, and that's all it is. Okay, okay. Let's let's. So, where are you going to think? What do you think? What's going to happen with Rose and Finn? 
Um, I ship it. Yeah, <laughs> I ship it. Or he's gonna run off with. Um, Finn's gonna run off with. Oh, Finn might be essential to the resistance. I think he's essential, but I don't think he leads it. I don't know that he'll lead it, but he might sway some of the other stormtroopers somehow. I don't know. Stormtrooper rebellion. rebellion yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, and you know what the thing is in the novelizations, you kind of get the feeling that like when Finn is firing on the on the um, the docking bay when he's escaping, he's he yells "Sorry, boys!" Right. So I mean, you get the idea that he he's not entirely happy to be killing these people that he's trained with his entire life, but they don't have that in the movies. Like you don't get that. And then there's a deleted scene from the Last Jedi where he says to the stormtroopers that are surrounding Phasma, hey, you realize she's the one who took down the shields, right? You realize that this is your this is who you're defending. This is this this is the person you're defending. And then she immediately turns and kills them all. But they cut that scene. But if he if they I wonder if they didn't leave or take that out to leave the Stormtrooper Rebellion for nine. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I, I really, I feel like we're going to have to see Finn step up in a way that he's, he's, he's moving in that direction, right? He moved in that direction in The Last Jedi because he becomes unequivocally rebel scum, right? And so now, now this is him stepping up to become that leader that he can be that he is and he was you know if you look at some of the ancillary materials he was actually pretty much a model stormtrooper so I'm thinking that that he's gonna do the thing so I'm hoping for stormtrooper rebellion I think Frankie you were kind of mouthing at the same time are you thinking that's the way it's gonna go I think it will go that way I um I don't know if Rose and Finn. I think, I think they'll be a vital part in this movie, but I don't, I don't know if they're in the net. I don't know if they're in ten. Does that make sense? I don't think there is a ten. I don't know that oh, they're going to play up that relationship heavily. I think Rose and be Finn other, relationship. Yeah, I mean, there'll probably be like some small little bits and pieces, but I don't think that's going to be his their main focus. In no, mind. they're not the primary romance of this. No. No. Yeah. Okay. And but I mean, you're going to know quick, that they're just, together, right? Yeah. I do want to real quick touch. Phasma's alive. Yes. Oh my gosh! I know, <laughs> Sally. You could care less. <laughs> I don't give a crap. But I think she's alive. We Maybe just. She I mean, is. she's I too. Care. She's too awesome to kill yeah. off and to have such a small part in eight. I don't buy it. I think she's still alive. Yeah, I mean. True. Yeah, she's alive, and we'll see her again. That's my theory. That's my, and I don't know. There's there was a she gives Finn his own nemesis, right? His own one-on-one nemesis. Yeah, it's just too good, and I don't think I don't think she's dead. So Phasma's a cockroach. Yeah, (laughs) I mean she's wearing like this suit made from a spaceship. Like that can with, that can withstand flames. I mean, yeah, we see her going down in flames. Pirate patch. 
She's going to have a cool pirate patch for her right. eye. Down. She's probably going to lose an eye, but her body's going to be intact and she's coming back. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, Melissa, you said that there's a theory. Is that you? You said there's a theory. Not me, about- no. Yeah, I was watching um, a, I don't know, it was some video with some guy who thinks that she's like low-key rebellion um, sympathizer. Because she really didn't do anything to hurt them in the movie. Really? Um, uh, I mean, I'm no saying... More than, no more than Kylo Ren did. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, she asked... Well, while the stormtroopers are coming out and like blowing all the villagers away, she asked, like, what should we do with the villagers? And Kylo says, kill them. And then she kills them. But why does she have to ask? Um, she lowers the shields without yeah, putting a, up a fight. Okay, whoa. You just said she is a cockroach. She's the ultimate survivor. So if she sees, mm-hmm. she'll play that hand. Okay, hold she's on. She's going to do, yeah, she's going to do whatever's best. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying, Phasma. I'm not saying that. Phasma isn't a cockroach, that Phasma isn't going to do whatever is best for Phasma. I completely agree with that assessment of the situation. But to think that she's a low-key rebel sympathizer, no. The only way she would sympathize with the rebellion or the resistance is if there was something in it for her. And there is, from her perspective, nothing in it for her. I don't buy it yes. that she is a low-key resistance um sympathizer no that's not my theory yeah i'm just saying that's something i saw today okay well that interesting yeah that video that i i would quantum i just would disagree but i do believe that she's going to do whatever's best for her so if she's in a situation where she feels like maybe she doesn't have the advantage she's going to go with whatever side sure sure so if the first order goes down she She'll has no loyalty. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But I think Finn knows her well enough to be like, no, you're going to have to kill her. Or she's got to die. I mean, I don't see Phasma. And, and the reason that Phasma has to ask what she's going to do is because Kylo Ren outranks her. That's why she has to ask him about But they the come villagers. in like guns blazing, killing everyone well, right. already. Which would have been... Nobody's the- asking permission to do that. So it was kind of weird. Well, those were, but, I, I don't think that was weird at all. But I think those were standing orders. Like, you were going to meet resistance. And they did. I mean, the villagers, I, I, you know what? It's even more clear again in the novelization that the villagers didn't just, you know, lay down their arms. Um, it's very clear in the novelization they didn't do that. But um, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have killed them because they would have. Um, I'm just saying they met more resistance than they had thought. And and Finn actually has that very specific thought. Hey, there's way more resistance here than we thought in that one village. This um, guy's argument also says, you know, he pulled this quote from Canon from Phasma where she says, a real stormtrooper has no sympathy. A real stormtrooper is an extension of the first order of Supreme Leader Snoke's will, nothing less. But she had um, Finn reconditioned. So she had sympathy for Finn. No, she had him reconditioned. That's she had. Okay, do you think that was the right call? I mean, the ancillary material indicates that that 
Finn was basically a model stormtrooper, and their concern with Finn was that he cared too much about the other guys in his squad, right? And yeah. and he was a good shot. He did all the things, and he got everybody out alive and all that stuff. So they would want to keep him as a stormtrooper. The concern for them would be, yes, um, is he going to obey like he should? So they would then, yes, send him to reconditioning to make sure that, you know, he's on board with their agenda. And there have been no other... practice? Yeah. I think think it's pretty clear because you're like, there have been no other instances of nonconformity. So clearly other stormtroopers have been nonconformist at least once or twice because if they've been, you know, sent to the division to be checked out, they would, they have that system in place for a reason. So no one has said that specifically, but to me it seems fairly clear that it would be standard that they're that they had issues with stormtroopers because they're human. They they're people underneath those suits. They're real people. So yeah, I don't. I think that is standard operating procedure. I don't. Well, I mean, if that's if if the if the first time he goes into combat, he freezes up, that's not an unusual thing to happen. I and wouldn't think so, no. And, and it is very clear that this is his first time in combat. I mean, it's in the book, and it's also when he's saying, you know, I went into combat, and I won't kill for them. I wouldn't kill for them. So that's what makes him different. And and I don't see how that's... I mean, I, I just... Well, again, I, that's not my theory. I personally just think she's, you know, she's, like I said, going to do what's best for her. But also, she's the first female villain in the Star Wars galaxy. She cannot just die off that quickly. She just can't. It can't happen. They need to keep her. No, she's actually not the first female villain, but she is the first, she's the first movie villain. I mean, you've got Asajj Ventress from the Clone Wars. You've got a number of other females that weren't necessarily, you know, the first female Puppies. villain that those of us who really only follow the movies knows about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. she can't she can't die yet. It's just no. I can't mm. have that. <laughs> and I adore her. I think she's great. I mean, she's like what, six three, six seven? I don't know. They report her height differently on different sites, but she's um, taller than Adam Driver, and Adam Driver is like six two and a half. She's so, freaking awesome. Yeah, I think she, I say she's taller than him. She might be wearing heels when I see them together, so I'm not sure exactly how tall she is. It's Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. We can't just see her for like five seconds and that'd be it. Yeah. She's got to have more time, more screen time. That's all I'm saying. Sorry. I have no emotional <laughs> attachment to Phasma. Frankie, do you have emotional attachment to Phasma? I hope she's in the next movie. She's fun on the press tour. Yeah, so she's in the next movie. She's like, you know, she she adds a like I said, I like the dynamic of Finn, you know, Finn having like his own nemesis kind of thing, you know, because um, the way I see it is, you know, it could be like with the Rafe, you know, it's gonna be Ray versus Ray Kylo. That's the dynamic. I, I view Poe as the leader of the future leader of the Resistance. So it's Poe leader Resistance versus, we'll say, Hawks in the end, because mm-hmm. like the one on one play at the beginning. I think that they'll continue to play that out. So it'll be mm, Poe versus mm, Hog. Mm-hmm. And I think this gives Finn his his kind of thing. So it kind of gives each mm-hmm. person their own little nemesis. Yeah. 
So, yeah, mm. I like that. Um, we'll see. It just uh, here's hoping, as far as I'm here's concerned. hoping. Yeah, she'll be back. Yeah, I think you'll be back. You know. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I just don't have any attachment to her. I just kind of hate her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate her just from the book? Pretty much. So, 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 Melissa, did you read the book, the Phasma book? No, no, I didn't. And maybe I would hate her if I read it, but I didn't read it. Because I wonder, because I read, we didn't even tell him I both read the book. It's it the Cardinal, it will make it, because you remember he was saved by the resistance. I want Cardinal in it, too. I want Cardinal. I want so Cardinal a, to show up because he hates Phasma. And I'm like, please show up. Oh, my gosh. All right, Melissa, I had to drop that. Yeah, there, there's a character called the Cardinal who, who imagine like you know Phasma, the only one in Chrome Cardinal was a was a stormtrooper that had a solid red stormtrooper suit, like the Imperial Guards from the original one, only yeah. just stormed. Yeah. So it was and he Cardinal the kids. And, yeah, and he yeah, he had the, the kids. kids. He had them when they were kids, and then he passed them on. We'll say at adolescence to her. Yeah, like fourteen, so fifteen began, years old, they go yeah. up to Phasma. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he was the elementary school principal, and she was the you know, high school, you know senior school yeah. principal. And he was well liked, and he made decent apparent apparently decent. And he was from Jakku as well. So yeah, it's just and and you kind of see this interesting like why people would gravitate towards the first order and it starts to make like the appeal of the first order make a little bit more sense when you read this book and and then there's phasma and i just hate her so much that um that i would just as soon never see her again although that having been said i understand her appeal i just hate her and if i could see her die like definitively die that'd be good too <laughs> if you could see her die again and that makes you happy twice Yes, it would. It absolutely would. Well, here's hoping you'll get to see her die again, Sally. Yes! <laughs> the That's girl a... who, you know, watches Disney movies and <laughs> mostly. And by the way, did you have either of you watched Phantasm? Mm-mm. It's a pretty old movie from, it's a horror film from 1979. That's where she apparently got her name, mm. Phasma. Interesting. From the um, sphere that would like burrow into people's heads and suck out their brains and it would like shoot out the front. It was really gross and gory, but anyway, apparently the sphere is what Abrams thought about when he came up with the name. So that's where she got her name from. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Some form of trepanation. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty gross. Google it. Yeah. No. For 1979, it's pretty gross. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. It's kind of really like gross. it's. Kinda... Here, let me taste this. Oh, it's gross. Try it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you smelled this? It stinks. No, I don't want to. I know enough. So you're telling, hey, go Google this. It's really disgusting. No, I'm good. Thanks. Take your word for it. Yeah. Okay. I wonder what that was. Rated. I'm really curious now. Ooh. Maybe it was PG. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I do, guys, do you guys think, you guys think this, 
there's there's no more Star Wars movies after this. No, I know there are more. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we know there's more. So what do you guys think? So what do you guys? How do you think this? Because like, you know, we started talking about this. What what do you think happens in the end? Like I said, I think this clears out all of the, the you know the original and then sets up for going forward. What do you guys think is happening? Okay, I don't. If we're having a discussion about where I think this is going in 10, 15 years, no, um, like because what I think is going to happen in about three more years, we're going to see the Benioff and Wise group movies, and we're going to see Ryan Johnson's trilogy, and then potentially a return to the remnants of, or what becomes of the Skywalkers, um, in about 15 years. That's what I think. So I think episode 10, 11, 12 will be 10, 15 years down the road. Interesting. That's kind of what I think, um, which has implications for what I think is going to happen in nine, but I don't want to like dig too deep because we're not talking about that right yet, but that's kind of where I'm, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I think because they've got enough on their plate and enough stuff in development. And I'm wondering if there's not an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie in development and we just don't know about it yet, but we'll see. I wouldn't doubt it. Seems like I've heard something about that. Yeah. Actually. There's been a lot of chatter about the Obi-Wan. And there's chatter Obi-Wan. about a, a Bubba Fett movie, a bounty hunter movie. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to know more oh, about his story. Yeah, what happened to Bubba Fett after? Because, like, you could, you know, you could get, you could start right from the end, you know, because there's that gap between when he was a little kid when Jenga Fett died. What happens to Bubba Fett after that? Well, you already know part of what happens in the books, right? Because he's yeah. in, um, he's in Dark Disciple with uh, right, Quinlan Boss, and of, but everybody so else interest. doesn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, for the record, Dark Disciple is basically a romance novel between a Jedi and a Sith. And apparently that was not unusual in the, some of the novels and stuff. Where well, you got that whole yin and yang thing. Enemies to lovers thing. And then Claudia Gray wrote Lost Stars, which has people on opposite sides, Empire versus Rebellion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of that. And it... I, my point is just simply that that this whole idea of enemies being on the opposite sides does not preclude any sort of relationship amongst them or between. No, them. I don't think so. Um, so, did you want to move on to Finn specifically? You've got a series of questions here about Finn. Did you want to tackle those, or have we already? Well, talked? what do you guys think? Um, do you think Finn is force sensitive? I mean, I know there's been some talk about that. Just because he can wield a lightsaber doesn't necessarily mean that he is. But what do you think? Maz did hand him the lightsaber and not uh, Han, right? Like right. That up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like the logical person would have been for her to hand it to Han. But mm-hmm. Han already had a gun. and But Han, as we know, listen, though. As we know, Han, who is not necessarily force sensitive, can turn on a lightsaber. You know this. Yeah, he can turn on a lightsaber. So, so Finn had a gun. Remember, Han gave him the blaster, and he's like, "You try to get." He's like, "No, you keep it, kid." Yeah, but he didn't have it at that point. He said, "I need a weapon," and Maz says, "You've got one." You already had one, yeah. And shoved that back at him. So I do not necessarily think that Finn is. Um, Okay, I think Finn is as force-sensitive as Han was. 
I don't think he is uh, force sensitive enough to manipulate the force. Like a Jedi, Jedi or a Sith would be able to manipulate it. I think he's a, if I'm going to use an airplane metaphor, um, I think he's a twin engine Cessna and Ray and Kylo Ren are F-22 fighter jets. That's All what right. I think. Personally. Um, and it, we've already kind of touched on, Frankie and I both, I think, like the idea of a Stormtrooper Rebellion. Yeah. And we've already talked about what we think about the whole Finn and Rose thing. So that was pretty much it for Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Luke, we'll probably see him as a force ghost, do you think, in nine? I think he so. He set it up. How many lessons does he get to give Ray? Well, he gave her, he actually gave her three, but they cut one of them, um, which was the party. So how many? Do, how many he got, they gave yeah, her so two, but. See? More important to me is that line to Kylo Ren, see around kid. I think he's yeah. done talking to Ray. Mm -hmm. I think he's gonna talk to I think he's gonna talk to Ben now. Yeah. And do the things that he didn't do that he should have done when he was actually Ben's master. Yeah. I think he I think he gives Ray one more I think he gives Ray one more lesson. Maybe. I won't I will say I won't say he doesn't stay out of Ben's head, but I think he gives Ray one more lesson. Because we didn't see it. Yeah, I do also think this is an easy call for the powers that be. You know, we've lost Carrie Fisher, and I think that this is, for them, an easy call to bring him back as, as sort of that nostalgia. And I think, from what I saw, say what you will about The Last Jedi, but Ryan Johnson got the best acting out of Mark Hamill that I've ever seen. Seriously. <laughs> I'm I'm not even joking. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I mean, Melissa, have you ever seen Mark Hamill act do a better job acting than he did in The Last Jedi? I think the haggard look helps with the part. Like I mean, other than voice acting the Joker, it's not like he's had a lot of you know. Yeah. Okay, but uh, but seriously. Think back to the original trilogy, and then anything you've seen him in since. Okay, yeah, he's a remarkable voice actor. He really is a remarkable voice. I mean, have you heard his impression of Harrison Ford? It's fantastic. It's better than Harrison Ford. And, you know, I mean, he just... It's just like... I don't, I don't know. I just think that he... I think that he really did, acting-wise, knock it out of the park in a way that he has not done ever before. And... I, I just think that, that Luke as a force ghost is an easy call for the powers that be because yeah. it's yeah. going to get, it's going to get us back in the theater. Well, it would get, I would well, get back anyway, but. Well, who else is going to be the force ghost? Uh, there, no one makes any sense aside from him. You know, right. the, the, no one makes any sense aside from him. And you've also got Billy D. Williams, which I'm glad to see. Um, and, Oh my gosh, last shot in the relationship between Uncle Whamwo and Ben Solo. And it's just like, oh my heart, it's going to be broken mm -hmm. in teeny tiny little pieces. Because, you know, Ben has killed his father, who is Lando's best friend. Who, oh, Yeah, about mm. that. Wouldn't it be kind of fun if mm. Chewie gets some revenge for all that? No, like, he already maybe, shot him. Maybe he does some damage to Kylo a little. He shot him already! Maybe he flips off an arm. I mean, you know, 
and give he has to go get a mechanical arm or something. That would be pretty freaking oh, awesome. Oh, that would be good. That would be, be very complete, <laughs> So you right? want, you want yeah. him to have the Skywalker special of no arm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that would be a missing arm. hand. It's yeah. a genetic trait. Yes. <laughs> so you want Rip, Chewie to not only have shot him and almost killed him, no harm can happen to Kylo Ren. You got it. Sally's like his defender. Nobody <laughs> defends Kylo Ren. Like that. <laughs> I'm y'all, not even. Y'all should see her. She's like sitting back in her chair. <laughs> dabbing his dad through a heart. He hasn't done anything that's not irredeemable. Ordering the killing of all those villagers, all those little kids. That's not irredeemable. It's Kyler Ren. He's so beautiful. Did you see him without a shirt? <laughs> okay, first of all, I thought Kylo Ren was redeemable before he was shirtless. And even if I hadn't thought he was redeemable before he was shirtless, I probably would have changed my mind. But it was already made up before that scene. Thank you very much. Secondly, 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 Ryan Johnson who wrote and directed episode eight said, said distinctly, Kylo Ren isn't Vader, at least not yet. And he's not nearly as bad as Vader. And he got redeemed. So the most uninteresting thing. And so that's in paraphrase, right? The most uninteresting thing that you can do. She's crossing her arms now. <laughs> what are you just to get her going about this? I know. The most uninteresting. Okay, are y'all done cackling like a couple of hens? I don't no, know. No. Make your point. We didn't quite understand it. <laughs> I love you, Sally. <laughs> we do. Y'all need to shut up. <laughs> I'm going to say this, okay? You started, you the started most- a podcast. You said, I'm not gonna, if you're going to be permanent, I'm not going to be as polite as I used to be. Well, guess what, sister? That's a two-way street. Okay. <laughs> All right. But here's the thing. I was going to let you talk. Okay. <laughs> I do let you talk. So here's the deal. The most uninteresting, (laughs) but I do. The most uninteresting thing that you can do with Kylo Ren, honestly, is just kill him off. Well, that's right. So that's why he just needs to lose an arm. Oh, sweet mother of God. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Take so, Okay, on. moving along. Speaking of Chewie, do we think we'll see more Wookiees in episode nine? Because I just love Wookiees. I think we see more Wookiees when we say goodbye to Chewie. Chewie needs to go home. Yeah, when Ray and Ben, <laughs> when Ray and Ben drop him off at um, at their. Uh, on their way on their, to on what, their, on their, their way, yeah, on their way to their honeymoon, and they drop him off. Yeah, sure. I think we'll see more Wookiees then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is time. They're going to honeymoon in that booth. Hey, the think? Lake District is beautiful. We've seen it before. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, so, yeah we hold it. Uh, incident, incidentally, I think Leia should be buried in Naboo. Yes. Yeah. If I were in that universe, that's where I would want to be buried. Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense. Like her, her mother was a queen at one point, a senator. Her mm-hmm. planet is gone. You're not going to bury her at Beeren, I don't think. Um, although Beeren would probably take her. Um, 
but yeah, I I think Naboo. So, which makes me sad, but yeah. What do we think will become of the First Order in Episode Nine? I think they're destroyed. Actually, so I, I was saying this. I think the First Order is, is finished at the end of this. I think they're they're gone. But I also don't think that there's another Republic. Does that make sense? I think I think they I think the worlds will be done with it. Hmm. I think they'll be done with the Confederation because it's just you know it's failed twice back to back. Right, but you know the Republic though did work for a while. It worked for a long time, and so I th- think its longest stretch of working though was when the Jedi Council was fully functioning, and then they finally lost. You know, and and, and in their hubris, they failed to see. Right, but so. by that by the time we actually really meet. Okay. All right. I will. I will buy that because the, by the time we actually meet them, the Jedi Order has become corrupted. Right. It is a purely political organization. So I suppose I can buy that. That's not. But so then, I, and then what happens within the twenty years when there's no Jedi Order at all, and it, it has. Yeah, but okay. You get the you get the Empire right, and then you get, um, then you get. A very weak government that was, in a lot of ways, like the Articles of Confederation from U.S. history. And so the pendulum has to swing, right? And then it swung too far with this new order, first order. But I think there's something in the middle. I think there's something in the middle. And I think that is what they would shoot for, not necessarily um, that we will actually see that. Because, again, it's just a movie. But um, I think that there's something in the middle that we'd actually get, maybe in ancillary materials later on. But something I think something that wasn't thing. demilitarized. I think there's going to be a period of isolationism. And then there's going to be a, an outside-the-galaxy threat. Like where Snoke, we're, I, think I think we're going to actually get some background on Snoke from outside the galaxy. You know, because that's you know, when they left Jakku after the... Remember, they, they went, they fled that, you know, the known galaxy mm-hmm. to where like, cause they wrote the throne book. They, they had a throne back into the, um, canon into the canon and where he comes from. So I think there's going to be like a throne, like outside the galaxy coming back in. And that's, what's going to force the, ga- the, the known galaxy back into a, uh, a Republic is this outside. And I think that could be where Finn would come back in and Finn with his stormtrooper knowledge could help train people that's not clones like the clone wars and all that and i think that's that will be our next that's that's our futures where i where i see it so okay so i say i mean i don't so i say there's a loose i think there's just, the galaxy just kind of disintegrates into nothingness or you know no so you think that after 10 or after 9 there's going to be there's going to be finn novels and finn comics I, and I think I think at the end of nine you will see somebody who looks a lot like Throne blasting in from outside the galaxy, and that's how they'll end that movie. Oh, like, I don't here's think outside, so. I think they're I think they're going to introduce the outside threat at the end. So they're going to have gotten rid of all the old. They're going to and they're going to give you because they they're going to want the teaser, right? Because mm. that's what's worked. Think about how well that's think about how well that's worked for all the Marvel movies. 
Yeah, but I don't think I would I would agree with you if you hadn't made a very convincing argument that nine is closing out the Skywalker saga. So I'm simply pointing out that if you are leaving it so open ended, then oh, and here's another threat, you know, then I don't feel like then that's actually gonna be closing out the Skywalker saga. That's all I'm saying. Ray's not a, a Skywalker. Oh, she will be. Oh, she'll be a solo. Ah, she'll be a solo. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. So I think there's going to be some kind of a teaser. They're going to they're bait you. I, I don't know. Maybe, but I kind of... Melissa, what do you think? Are they going to bait us? I don't know. I've been thinking about this all day, and I just don't have a freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So thus far, the only thing we've gotten on record from Melissa is that she thinks there'll be a year time jump. Just so we're clear. All we know from Melissa is... That's the only thing you've gotten from me? She thinks she thinks is a badass. Yeah, that too. And I think Chewie needs to rip off Solo's arms. So she's a Phasma stan. Okay, yeah, we got that. Oh, she's so mad now. <laughs> oh, wait, what? You don't like it? Yes, you're a Phasma stand. Oh, she's badass. I like Phasma. I like Phasma. So, mm-hmm. so okay. So, I what do like you think then? villains. What can I say? I just think, you know, it's rare. I mean, it's rare even in real life that we see women who kind of like just stand up for what's good for them. And... It's obvious to me that you've never really worked in the high schools because Mean Girls <laughs> isn't that far off. I'm not talking about teenagers. It's not that I'm far off. About, like, okay, yeah. like, okay, women, no, no, no. I, then I went to college and I went. I I rushed sororities, and and I became a sorority girl. Guess what? It's still not that far off. I mean, I love my sorority sisters, but some of us were Mean Girls. Seriously, there are plenty okay, of mean I've girls. I've never out there. been a mean girl, and maybe that's how I don't relate. Like, I just, I look at these women and I'm like, wow, like, what must it be like to, to do that? Because I've just never done that. So I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't know, is. but trust me, mean girls and mean women exist. They do. And I'm not one of them. I'm not one You're of them either, one. but, but they're there. So. And you do know a mean woman. You Who, do. Me? I'm sure you do, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you since I was 12. Wonder, I am 100% wonder, positive wonder you know at least a wonder couple of mean women. And Melissa, I talk to you almost every day. You absolutely know a mean woman. Of course I do. I'm not saying I don't know any. Wait, I'm you just, just, you just said that. Have that in she doesn't have that, is what she's saying. She doesn't have that seed in her. I don't have it. So whenever I see it in other women, I'm like, wow, that takes some. What must have... takes some. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Frankie, what were you asking? You started to say something that we were. Um, I don't remember. I was. You were asking for... me a question about something. and. So, so. You don't think there'll be any kind of teaser. You think that that nine will just be the end. Um, 
I think that... Because the original question was, what happens to the first order at the end of nine? Okay. Okay, the original... What do I think happens at the end of the first... Um, the, the, the question in the doc was, um, will it prevail? And my answer was, negative Ghost Rider, that pattern is full. Um, no, it will not prevail. And I think that uh, Hux will die in a blaze of fire, not unlike General Tarkin... Um, wait, was he a general or an admiral? Anyway, Grand Moff Tarkin. I think he will, um, um, I think that he will end in that same kind of blaze of not so glorious fire. And that'll be the end of Hux. Hopefully y'all will not argue with me that his black suit could protect him from the blowing up of whatever ship he happens to be on. Um, I... And Why would I, we argue that? Well, I don't know, because you've argued Phasma for a long time now. But um, I think... She's that, wearing a suit made from a spaceship! It's yeah, a yeah, 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 fabric. yeah. I know, well, I'm just, say, I'm just saying, y'all are willing to argue about Phasma, maybe you're willing to argue about Hux, too. I think that Hux is going to die in a blaze of, like I said, fire, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so... Quick, quick, quick. Okay, on, on Hux's death, do his own people killing? Oh wow, that's a good question. Because if you think about all the books, they they hate him. Oh my gosh, like, they do. They do. They right. hate him a lot. Um, and, and it makes sense for the Imperials to hate him. They make it really clear that they, uh, for for anyone who hasn't read the novels or any of the novels, uh, when you look at the way that the former Imperials, like Captain Kennedy, and I think Captain Kennedy is an excellent example of this, when he says, launch the fighters, we should have done it five bloody minutes ago. Um, and, and the look on his face, it just says everything about what he thinks of Hux as a general, as a military leader. So I think that that is 100% how those Imperials think think of Hux and they think nothing of Hux in terms of is he a good leader or is he not they think he's terrible and his arrogance is something that's going to really come back to, to bite him I think so I think you pose a really good question of are his people going to be the ones to kill him I think in the final analysis they are not but but I think that, because I think he's going to be the one in charge of the First Order by about middle of the film, at least. And, and I think that they are always going to hate him. I, you know what wouldn't surprise me? It wouldn't surprise me that if so many people deserted him, that maybe Finn takes over another Star Destroyer. And that Star Destroyer turns on him so that there maybe were people on it that were Hux's people, but are no longer Hux's people. Because yeah. the Resistance is down to, what, the Millennium Falcon and a few odds and ends. And the First Order's down to just a few Star Destroyers. Because when Snoke's ship went, it took a lot of other ships with it. Um, yeah, remember, Snoke's ship was a manufacturing ship. Right. And, and according to... I think Pablo Hidalgo or Matt Martin, one of the guys from the story group, they tweeted out about it. And um, 
there was kind of a throwaway line about um, the First Order's fleet being destroyed, you know, and it wasn't clear if it meant every single ship in the fleet or not, but I'm kind of of the opinion that quite a few of those ships... uh, They lost Starkiller Base, mm -hmm. and they lost Snoke ships, and a couple other ships. They've got to be right now they too. didn't it wasn't just a couple other ships i mean it was at least eight or ten star destroyers that went down and, and so they lost, they lost the dreadnought at the beginning mm-hmm. circular base mm-hmm. so it's been a bad week for them too mm-hmm. absolutely i, I think the, the irony though is when luke says to ray in the last jedi what am i going to do face down the entire first order with a laser sword that's exactly what he does <laughs> yeah that's exactly what he does. He goes down and faces down the First Order with a laser sword. So, yeah. Okay, I so, you think that, so keep going about the First Order stuff. Sorry. Uh, I think the First Order is toast. I do. I think the First Order is toast. And I think that Kylo, at some point in Nine, becomes firmly Ben Solo again. And I think that he becomes Ben Solo... I think he loses everything because he he's gained he's gained what he thought he wanted, right? He thought he wanted the first order and he got it and in the process he lost what he really wanted, which was Ray. And and I think that's pretty clear. Cause he absolutely I mean, that battle on crate, this this guy loses his crap. I mean, this is like the worst breakup fit I've ever seen. And and that makes sense too, because this is a space opera and it's a fairy tale and everything is exaggerated in fairy tales and space operas. So of course his being mad about his chosen, (laughs) chosen one um, is going to be bigger than, you know, a normal guy going out and going on a bender course it's going to be bigger because it's fiction and it's a story and him going out and getting drunk is not nearly as as uh entertaining as him throwing a fit and saying blow that piece of junk out of the sky that he hates because it was his father's ship i mean it makes perfect sense and melissa's over here going "Mm, mm -hmm, well ray was on that well he didn't know that ray's on that ship he doesn't know that all he knows is that she got away on snoke's ship that's what he knows and, you know, yes, I'm a Kylo, or, or I'm a Ben Solo stan. I don't like Kylo Ren. I like Ben Solo. <laughs> I like Ben Solo a lot. So you don't think he was, like, I mean, because Kylo Ren recognized him when his dad was nearby on Starkiller Base. Oh, I think Vader. he did know. I think he absolutely well, knew. I, I, okay, but he was, well, listen, well, listen, he was headed in the opposite direction from his father. He knew exactly where his father was because he felt his father come on to the, he said Han Solo, right? And he goes opposite of his dad. He's walking away from his father when Han Solo stops him and says, Ben, I want to see the, I want to see my father. Making my ar- You're making my argument. He knew that, that Han Solo was there. Luke and Vader could sense each other across the ship things. And, but all of a sudden, Kylo Ren cannot I don't, sense but I, he, he cannot, he cannot, me. no. I don't think he knew exactly where Ray was. He knew that she had escaped on Snoke's ship. 
I don't necessarily think he knew that she was on board the Millennium Falcon. And I also think that he thought Leia was dead. She'd been in a coma for ages. For all he knew, she was dead. He saw that bridge go. And he knew that she would have been on that bridge. And that's why he didn't fire. And then his two wingmen fired. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that we know definitively where exactly he knew she was. He might have known she was in the vicinity, but I don't think he knew that she was on board the Millennium Falcon. And even if he did, this man is in pain. Oh my God. Even if he did, this man is in pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's emotionally a freaking train wreck. He's absolutely 100% a train wreck. I never said he wasn't a train wreck. He is and, and if it were real life, I would be like, girl, you need to run. You need to hide. You need to avoid this man. He is toxic. How many times have I said, this person is toxic to you, Melissa? Oh, now we're getting personal. <laughs> are we still talking about Star Wars? Yeah, but no, but no. No, but no. But no, what I'm, the point I'm making is that if it were real life, if it were real life, I am perfectly I'd like willing. I'd like you to I am perfectly willing to say, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off, right? If it were real life. I'm talking about a piece of fiction where this man is a train wreck and it makes me feel things, okay? And and I want, I want people out there to realize that, yeah, you can be bad, but you can also come back from it. And don't you dare roll your eyes at me. You can... <laughs> And I'm talking to both of you. You can come back from that. Okay. Here's hoping. I've yet to see that happen with people quite so toxic. But I mean, I what hoping. part of space opera fairy tale don't you understand? Everything's exaggerated. Listen, there, remember, we just we said it earlier. You can't speak no evil of Kylo Ren. Oh, my God. No it's, Ren. it's forbidden. <laughs> okay. I, you know what, absolutely, oh, holy moly, how do I say this, how, how do I say this in teeny tiny words that my co-hosts will understand, okay, okay, so, Kylo Ren is bad, he is bad, he does bad things, he yes, hurts people, he hurts people, but Kylo Ren feels bad he tells us that he is in pain mm -hmm. and that pain is making him act in bad ways right and he has found someone that helps him see that he doesn't have to be bad and so maybe kylo ren can find the good path is that sufficiently <laughs> simplistic enough did I use small enough words? I think we got your point, Sally. I will never say anything bad about Kylo Ren again. You can say no, bad things about him. But what I am saying to you is that it is a deeply nuanced character. Wait, was that too big of a phrase? He is a deeply nuanced character. And I think that Ben Solo is on a redemption arc. There's no reason not to put him on a redemption arc. And... Just practically speaking, practically speaking, if you're going to continue the, the saga films and any former 
fashion with a 10, 11, 12. And we can all agree that these are the films that make the most money. If you're going to continue those, then you have to have a continuation of the Skywalker slash Solo line. The only way to do that, because the only one alive is Ben Solo. There is going to have to be some appearance, at least, of Ben Solo being able to have progeny. He's going to have to be able to have kids. And so, who's the obvious candidate to be the mom of said kids? Right. Go ahead. Thank you. Phasma. Phasma. Phasma love child. Sweet mother of God. That would be awesome. Working that late at be... night. <laughs> trying to come up with something. One thing leads to another. Mm, 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 mm. I tell you. That's absolutely. Because Phasma would be a great mother. Mm-hmm. She'd be a fantastic mom. And not all women, as we know, are set out to great moms. I mean, not all women should be moms. And not this all men should true. be fathers. Not all men should be fathers. So, yeah. This is also true. So, yeah. You can you can talk bad about Ben Solo, but the bottom line is he's got to have a kid if you want to continue these saga films. And Disney wants the cash. Period. Am I wrong? I am I wrong? You I think she leaves. Am I wrong? Her hand to her ear. Am I wrong? I think. I think you could. I mean, no, you're not wrong because that's what Thank Disney's going to do. Disney, that's what they have to do. But my my point is, they don't have to do because it's just so trite. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's so boring. No, it's not. It's a fairy it's tale. It's a fairy tale. It's Beauty and the Freaking Beast. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's not hard math. Most I know, I know it is. You didn't notice? You don't, I know it is. I know it is. I just, you know, but that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, that's what we've said this before. I've said this before. It doesn't have to be. You could t- put a twist on it. That would blow everybody's mind. J.J. Yeah. Abrams? J.J. Abrams. a serious storm here, guys, so I apologize if you hear, like, thunder, but it's, it's kind of nice. It's perfect for this whole conversation that we've got going on. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> I agree. With you. I agree. The redemption arc is, is completely fairy tale. It has to happen. It has to. Okay. And fairy tales. Mean I'm happy about it. Fairy tales are almost always romances. And just because you didn't notice that the first two sequel trilogies were romance films or romance arcs, doesn't mean that the third one's not, because it is. I mean, it just is. I do. So do you think they're going to tweak what they originally had set out in in any way just because of the backlash between The Last Jedi and and Solo? Nope. I think that okay, you've got to let me let me back that up. The the person who made the Force Awakens, the person who came up with the scene in the chair where Kylo Ren takes his mask off because he wants Rey to see him as a man and not a monster. That same director is the director that they brought back to direct this film and I mean that that is it is bottom line that happened and he himself had very deliberately in his 
commentary and all that stuff talks about Kylo Ren looking like sort of a prince and he talked about Star Wars being uh, a western or a fairy tale and you have to have a castle and here's Maz's castle and he talks about Rey being a princess you're running into the and you've got this enchanted forest symbolism and all that stuff which they they then bring up again in The Last Jedi. I have a really hard time understanding how a good story would pivot two-thirds of the way through and dump all of that stuff you certainly don't bring in another love interest for Ben Solo at this point. It's no, too I'm, late. No, no. I, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I agree begrudgingly. I agree with you. I do. But you can create something new. Yeah. It doesn't have to follow the same pattern. It doesn't have to. Okay, so in your perfect world, what does the final movie look like? Frankie, Melissa, either of you go first, but in your perfect world, first. what I've, does... I've yammered a lot. So, Melissa, in your perfect world, what does episode nine look like? Well, what is my tagline? Truth and justice. Yes. I'm all about the justice. I don't feel like it happens nearly enough in real life or in movies, especially not Star Wars. So, I would like to see justice. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to see this. I'd like to see him pay for what he's done. Okay. So what does that look like? I don't know. Like I said, maybe Chewie rips an arm off. Um, <laughs> so an arm is a sufficient payment for what he's done. No, it's not, you know, but. That's right. Because. <clears throat> A blaster bolt that would have killed anyone else obviously wasn't enough. So there must be something else. So if an arm's not enough, then then what is enough? A lifetime working in the spice mines of Kessel? Mm, I don't know. Some sort of payment back to the people that he's harmed. I don't know okay. what that looks like. I haven't thought it through. But I just know that I'd like to see a change up. Like Frankie said, so it doesn't have to be the way that it's always been. So, and I don't fundamentally think change the structure of the story on episode nine of a nine-episode saga? Why not? not fundamentally, no. I'm saying fundamentally change the, the, the fairy tale arc. So, so you know, the prince, you know, the princess and the prince don't have to get together. To right. show you that the princess doesn't need the prince. The princess doesn't need the prince. She doesn't need. She's strong enough to do it on her own. She can do this. She doesn't need him. She doesn't need him. That's not what's that's happening. That's what I want to see. I want to. I but we see not. that somewhat in eight when she that's not when she doesn't take his hand and she goes off on her own. So we're seeing that in some. Okay, and that's not actually at all what. I advocate for. I, I, I don't think. I think the beast, the beauty and beast, end up together. So what? Yeah. Ending up together doesn't mean that she needs him necessarily. Okay. Yes, she can do a variety of things all by herself. Clearly, I, think, I mean, she survived on her own from the time she was five. I think it'd be great if it showed that she is complete without him. 
I think mm -hmm. it already has, but... So, yeah. so, so the love redemption arc means that, you know, he completes her, she completes him, right? Like the, the Jerry Maguire movie. No, her saying, and that's what saying, I them being together is so boring to me because it's always that. She doesn't need him. He can be redeemed. And you know what? I actually, you know what? You're talking about, you know, the justice thing? That would be the perfect thing. He's good, and he still doesn't get the girl. Yep. I, okay. I've so the dark side, and you still don't get the girl. Because you know what? There's been times in my life I've been a jerk, said I'm sorry, and we didn't reconcile. It worked out in the end. That's life, right? That's real life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not always a fairy tale. And so you can say, oh, but we're on a fairy tale, but that's where you could twist it. Oh. That's where you could twist it and make it a better movie. A lesson. A real life lesson. Mm -hmm. Sally looks mortified right now. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can be redeemed, but he still doesn't get her. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God! You ask. Okay, so, so in y'all's perfect world, Star Wars becomes not hopeful. No, it, it becomes no, 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 no. It's not. It's not hopeful. Okay, because Ben. Okay, first of all, what has Ray? What has Ray wanted from the time we see her? From the time we meet her, what has she been looking for? Her parents. Her family. Mm -hmm. And we discussed on the Deadpool episode about family and making your own family. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. Melissa, you're as much family. You're more family to me than my actual blood sister ever was. Do you understand? You are yeah. way more family to me than she ever was. Same for you, Frankie. Okay? Nope. So, so found family, family that you make yourself is incredibly important. And so she's already made part of her family. Wow. wow. I'm telling you, I'm getting a storm. So if I lose my connection, I apologize, but Oh it's my crazy. gosh. That there was are insane. alarms going off in the distance. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. I can hear them. I know. I'm it's praying crazy. for you, Melissa. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just cross myself and call it a night. I mean, but family for her has been the most important thing. And so I think that, and J.J. Abrams made a comment about this at something where she makes her own family. Okay. And then in eight, he, Kylo Ren, I think it's actually kind of a Ben Solo character at this point talks to her about, you know, no, it's more of Kylie Ren. He talks to her about, you're always looking for your family. You're always looking for your parents and so on and so forth. So I think that Ray being able to find her own family, even if it's a family she has to make is what is inherently most hopeful. And that to me puts the focus back on Ray. Ray is the pr main protagonist of this film, not Ben. And 
I would tell you that Ben needs Ray a whole lot more than Ray needs Ben. Now, exactly. Daisy Ridley said that that Luke should have been the one nurturing her, but he wasn't. Kylo Ren was. And I think that by the end of eight, it's really clear that she does not need him as much as he needs her. And that's fine. That's fine. But in the end, if we're talking about a saga or a trilogy of movies that is about balance and finding balance, I don't think there's anything wrong with being partners, having partners who represent balance and who together are balanced. And Ryan Johnson was kind enough to show us what that glorious balance looked like with the throne room scene, which with what to me is arguably the best Star Wars lightsaber battle in the history of the saga. And so I really think that that's how this is going to end up with the full-scale happy ending, blah, 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 blah. It'll be cheesy, and it'll be glorious, and I will love it. I think that that is the way we're going. I mean, I really, really do. I don't see how pivoting and fundamentally changing what a, or trying to change what a fairy tale has been for a, a thousand years is going that's just bad storytelling. I don't I don't understand that from a storytelling perspective. And there are people out there, if you want to come at me and say, no, it's not a fairy tale, I, I would argue that it's a Shakespearean tragedy, fine, we can have that debate. But I don't think you can really support that very well. I don't. I don't think that that's something you can easily support. And so, yeah, I, I think that even if it's not... Like personally, I want romantic Raylo, obviously, and I will, I will go down with that ship. But I, I think that the Ray and Kylo bond is pivotal to this whole shebang. They set it up in seven, where that bond opened in that interrogation room, and I can't imagine ending this thing with god forbid ben solo dead that's not that's not it that's that's not it that's not it and that is inherently not hopeful and i mean you know what i'm actually believe it or not i'm actually pulling for um no romantic Rayla during the film at all and the reason i'm pulling for that is the second it appears that they are clearly a couple his chances of living go way down. So I would much rather there be nothing in the film except a little end scene that indicates that they leave together. Because he would be alive. I would like for him not to have the Skywalker special, but if he has to lose a hand, fine. He loses a hand. Whatever. He can have the Skywalker <laughs> special if it would make Melissa feel better. But I just... I. Oh, if he spends the rest of his life working to make the galaxy a better place, is that not right? It's what would be better, him working for the rest of his life to make the galaxy a better place, or him just dying on whatever hill that the First Order throws him on? 
Yeah, I don't. If he if he does indeed, you know, make a change, and there is balance, and it doesn't end like it did in eight, where he's completely ignoring how many lives to go off on his own. Okay. Start fresh. Okay. Forget about everybody else, but me and you. Well, no, that wasn't exactly what he was saying, but pretty much. No, I mean, he was going to take the first order with him. Um, obviously. Oh yeah, I think he was going to take the first order with him. Yeah, he was going to take the first order with him in his own in his own form. Yeah, he 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 was going to destroy Hux, which would be relatively easy to do with Ray by his side. And it's actually probably pretty easy for him to do. do, I think he was going to do the Vader squeeze on Hux. Wait, yeah. Yeah, just the end of it, which I wouldn't mind, honestly, because I really hate Hux, too. But in terms of Kylo, I I think that Kylo as a persona definitely dies. But I don't think the galaxy at large knows who Kylo Ren actually is. So if you throw um, Ben Solo in some gray clothes, you're not going to know. They're not going to know he's the same guy. And I, I, I just... He's he's not Vader. He hasn't done the things that Vader has done. He hasn't. He he. Okay. Yeah, we should probably like. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah. We yeah and then you should get under your bed. <laughs> at least go downstairs. <laughs> I'm going to the tornado shelter. <laughs> or at least go downstairs. Maybe yeah, flip the breaker right now. Yeah. This is probably not the best place for me to be. Maybe but, flip the um, breaker. You know, don't have any electricity running to the house or something. I don't yeah. know. I'm scared for you. I'm sorry. Is there a safe room? <laughs> downstairs. Yeah. Uh, there's a safe room downstairs. So, anyway, yes, this is fascinating. I can't wait to see which one of our predictions, if any of them, come true. So, mm. we'll yeah. see. I'm sure I'm going to be devastated because that's my luck. But, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you're the one who's most like you're right. You're the one who's following the most tried and, tried and true script. You're the most... You're, the, you, you're most likely right. Yes. We don't deny that, Sally. We never have denied that. Oh, we understand huh. how... Huh. We understand how all this works. Mm-hmm. We're just saying that, you know, it might be interesting to switch it up a little bit. That's all. Yeah, save that for a different but saga film. Heaven forbid... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> heaven forbid. Absolutely. Anyway. All right, y'all. Well, um, we are going to wrap this up because we've been talking for a really, really long time at this point. I am Palmetta Blue on social media. You can catch me at Twitter. You can catch me at my blog, which is Palmetta's Desk at wordpress.com and I'm also Palmetto on Tumblr but I'm trying to remember the last time I checked Tumblr gosh it's been a long time Melissa where can they find you I'm Paxi Babe on Twitter Facebook Instagram all the social yeah, medias all the social medias as I like to say Frankie we're going to have to set you up with some sort of anonymous social media so you know people don't spam you in real life uh, you can find the podcast at Say When Podcast on Facebook, right? right? And then you can also email the podcast at saywinpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to have questions that we would like to address on mic from our listeners. And um, signing off, as always, may the force be with you. Melissa, what do you want to say? Truth and justice. Frankie? 
just calm down, people. Enjoy yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Good talk.